0: Hi everyone, I'm Dr. April Jasper, and I'm pleased to be hosting this first in a series of six podcasts focusing on the presbyopic patient population. We wanna really look at how we as eye care practitioners can best satisfy this growing group and help our practices thrive by defining a practice-wide multifocal strategy. Our special guest for this series is Dr. Amanda Nanasey, who will share some of her experiences and best practices that she employs in her practice. Today's podcast is sponsored by Alcon, and Dr. Nancy has received compensation for her participation. Amanda, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me, April.
0: So I know you really well. Of course, I love you, think you're awesome. But to get us started, would you please share a bit about your practice and patient population with everyone else?
1: Absolutely. So I am co-owner of a busy six-doctor practice in South Florida, Pembroke Pines, Florida, um, we do have multiple subspecialties, including sports vision, dry eye. We're starting to dabble in myopia control. Um, but overall, we are, we're just kind of your, your run-of-the-mill primary care practice that sees a lot of different patients. We have infants. We have older patients. We have patients that have been with us for, you know, 45 years and then we have new patients that come in the door every day that we're trying to wow so we can keep them for another 45
0: So what would you say Amanda are some of the most rapidly growing segments of your practice's patient population?
1: So we definitely have a growing presbyopic population. It's the topic for our talk tonight So of course I would say that but it's true um, as as we all know, we have not only our core group of presbyopes that we would expect that we might need to help, but with all of the computers and the digital devices that everyone's using, uh, I feel like I see more emerging presbyopes in my population, including myself.
0: <laughs> so, how do you approach presbyopic vision correction today? What is your first step? What do you think of when you have that presbyope, like myself, <laughs> come into <laughs> your practice?
1: Um, well, it's really just explaining what's happening, right? Because a lot of them are kind of in denial. They all have their reasons that their vision's been blurry or they haven't been seeing as well. They, they blame lack of sleep and the fact that they're on the computer all the time. So the first step is really education. Uh, and then once they understand what's happening, we have to tackle what we're going to do about it.
0: Absolutely. You know, as we just said, I am a presbyope and I know everybody is going to be shocked by that. (laughs) But, you know, the reality is even being an optometrist and being a presbyope, it was still a significant and emotional event in my life. It really made me feel like I was getting old. I, I was struggling with things I was doing in the office. And once I went through that, I realized what a big deal it is to our patients. So in your practice, Amanda, do you see presbyopia being an opportunity for eye doctors? Absolutely. Um,
1: You know, it it really helps us to connect with the patients. And like you said, it's such an emotional thing. It's not just your glasses. Everybody knows that they come in and they get their glasses if they can't see far away or, or sometimes up close. But it's that whole, now I'm 40, I don't want to look like my grandma. I don't want to be in bifocals. And um, we can help to give them that, that fix that makes them feel like themselves again and not like they're going through this horrible thing.
0: So what are some of the most prevalent reactions that you would say patients have that are first starting to experience presbyopia?
1: Uh, denial. <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest one, I think. Um, or, or they just feel like they're, they're frustrated. You know, They don't understand why. Um, You know, they used to be able to work long hours and their eyes were fine at the end of the day, or they used to be able to see when their four-year-old comes up and put something right in front of their face and now they can't. And they don't know, uh, they don't know what to do to fix it. They don't want to change their busy lifestyle and, um, they, they just want help. Right.
0: We we all tend to make it, like I said, the biggest thing for me was just that feeling of getting old. I, I mean, I knew it was something. I knew it was a thing, but I didn't expect it to be the way it was and the impact it had on my life. And I think that a lot of the reason was because like every other presbyope today, you know, I'm very active, physically, socially active. I, I have four different digital devices and, you know, care about how I look. I don't mind saying so. And mm-hmm. I think if if we look about at our patients and what they're going through Don't you think that uh, this has an impact on what we choose to do and the conversations we have with them about presbyopia? Absolutely. You know, I I think that if we look at what patients say as far as, um, again, how they look, glasses are great. We have to have them. But the reading glass piece of it, I mean, what have you found? How do people feel about reading glasses in general?
1: it's, it's what their grandma wore, right? They feel like that. I might as well give them a cane, (laughs) you know, um, they, they would love anything more than having to wear, uh, readers. And that's something that I actually tell my patients. And, you know, we do have those patients that, that don't care if they have to wear readers and that's fine. Um, but I tell them that, since we have options to not need to wear readers, it's one of my goals, you know, as an eye doctor, I don't want to have to wear them myself and I don't want my patients to have to wear them uh, and to let them know that there, there
0: are ways around that now. So if you look at the opportunity, what are some of the numbers as far as opportunity and multifocals?
1: So there will be 126 million emerging and established presbyopes in the United States by 2020, and that is now. It (laughs) is here, it's crazy, it's 2020, and all of these patients need our help. Um, That is 1,800 potential presbyopic patients plus 900 potential emerging presbyopic patients um, for each optometrist in the U.S., Every one of us has that many patients that are in this age group.
0: Wow. I think, you know, when you look at these numbers, some of the most shocking of all of them, knowing that we have that opportunity, it is uh, to me more than surprising that 6% of surveyed presbyopes say that they received a recommendation for multifocal contact lenses from their eye care provider. But what are some of the other opportunity numbers that you find interesting?
1: So um, I love the one that said that of the current multifocal lens wearers that were surveyed um, that learned about multifocal contacts through their eye care professional, it was 85%, which what that tells me is if I'm not asking the questions, if I'm not bringing it up, if I'm not telling them that it's an option for them, they're not going to know about it there's a chance that some of them might hear from some of my other patients, I guess, because this is one of my favorite sources of referrals. Um, but in general, I've got to be the one that tells them about it.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned earlier the emerging presbyopes. So tell me more about how you uh, talk to those patients, what you say to them, and really what you consider an emerging presbyope.
1: So, um for me an emerging presbyope is anyone that's even close to the age of forty that's starting to have those symptoms. Um, you know, for me I was thirty seven when I started to really notice that my vision up close wasn't as good as it was. And what I usually say is we all know that eventually, you know, when we get older, our near vision starts to go, which is why, you know, grandma had readers or bifocals. But what you don't realize is it's not just going to be all of a sudden blurry. You might still be able to see your computer. You might be able to still see your phone, but your eyes are working really hard. So by the end of the day, they're going to be more tired. Are you experiencing that? And usually they're like, yes, yeah, I I just thought it was because of, you know, X, Y, or Z, whatever their reason is. Uh, And that's how I kind of get the ball rolling and explaining Um, either what is currently happening to them or what is going to be happening to them. So when it does start, they know that I have the solution for what's going on.
0: Do you feel like having that conversation earlier could make a difference in the number of contact lens dropouts?
1: You know, because if somebody's wearing glasses, they can pull them up sometimes, right? Look under your glasses to read if they're myopes, but, you know, nobody wants to, move their contact lens out of the way to see up close, it's either my contacts work or my contacts don't work. So if they don't know what's happening or that you have a different solution, they drop out.
0: And I think what's really interesting too is by us having that conversation with our patients before they even necessarily need to start into a multifocal lens, maybe they won't be the patient today but could they tell their friends or family?
1: Absolutely. And then you've just educated someone that is going out and basically marketing for us what we can do uh, for, for other patients. It's a great
0: point. It's about making sure our patients know ahead of time, telling them what the opportunities will be for them, and then being ready to solve their problems. Don't you agree?
1: Absolutely. that That's it in a nutshell. And if a doctor is motivated by increasing their revenue or just doing great things for their patients and making their patients live better lives. Multifocal contacts are a way to do both of those things.
0: So Amanda, we've talked a lot about how multifocal contact lenses impact our patients' lives. I mean, I've lived it, you know it, we are experiencing it as patients. Let's talk a little bit about how it impacts our practice as well and how important it is to have a strategy. So if we start talking about the opportunity of multifocal contacts, the first one that comes to my mind is how much it differentiates my practice from other practices. And, uh, you know, I would ask you, do you feel like it has made an impact in that way in your practice as well?
1: Absolutely. And not only is it is it a differentiating factor for us versus other practices, but um, our benefit per multifocal patient also impacts the practice. So not only do we have the, the fitting fees uh, and the fact that that patient's coming back more frequently, but also the fact that that patient is likely to have multiple eyewear purchases um, because, you know, virtually all your contact lens wearers are also going to wear glasses which, you know, ideally they're going to be purchasing from us. And those satisfied patients can mean, you know, that practice loyalty and, like I mentioned before, referrals.
0: So, you know, I've heard people argue the point of the fact that multifocal contact lens patients are not actually as good for the practice financially because it takes away from glasses revenue. So do you have any information about whether or not that's true, and what is the difference in revenue per patient for multifocal contact lens patients?
1: I do have some data. Uh, Actually, thanks to Power of One 2.0, which Alcon collected um, data from 500 locations, 500 different practices across the country, um, a total of 80 million data points to where they could answer that exact question, what happens when I have Just a glasses-only patient versus a glasses and contact lens patient versus a glasses and multifocal contact lens patient. And I know I saw these numbers for the first time with you, and I think both of our our jaws dropped because it's something that we all suspected, but we never really had data for. So here's the numbers. So our glasses-only patient will bring in $472 annual per patient revenue our glasses and contact lens patient, any contacts, spheres, torques, or multifocals, all averaged together, $1,052 annual per patient revenue. And the first time we looked at those numbers, we said, well, yeah, of course, we make more money off of these patients because one, they're paying for a contact lens fitting fee or evaluation fee, and two, they're buying contact lenses. But the data actually tells us that it's a 33% increase, excluding contact lens sales and fitting fees.
0: That's incredible. And, you know, I think what this, the, what, when you and I were sitting there and we saw this for the first time, I think one of the things that was running through my mind was, you know what, I'm already excited about this. I already knew it was an, it made an impact in my patients' lives. Now I'm even more excited because the data show that it will continue to do that. And what I had uh, thought might be correct, now I know to be true. Did you have a similar uh, feeling or uh, response?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the the data is is even higher when you have your glasses and your multifocal contact lens patient. So I'm going to review the numbers again. So the glasses-only patient, 472. Glasses and contacts, 1,052. Glasses and multifocal contacts, 1,292. So that's a 174% increase in annual per-patient revenue when you fit your contact lens wear into a multifocal contact lens.
0: I still find this data to be incredible. And I know when you and I first saw it, and realize this was uh, these are data points from 80 million data points and 500 locations. I, I think what we were surprised by is we had heard people so many times say that your contact lens patients are not of value to the practice because they don't then buy glasses. And mm-hmm. of course, you and I, like most doctors, we want our patients to be happy. That's the number one reason we do what we do. But it also is extremely important that we are able to generate revenue for the practice. So this number was just not just surprising, but exciting, don't you think?
1: Yeah. Well, and I mean, the other thing that we always thought was, you know, your patient has X dollars that they're going to spend. So they're either going to spend it in the optical or on their contact lenses. But what this has shown us is that they will go above and beyond and spend more if you're giving them the multifocal contacts that they need, and then also still purchasing their glasses, which we all know that a lot of this is going to lie on the doctors. If I don't bring up, you know, glasses, backup glasses, if you can't wear your your contacts, prescription sunglasses, computer glasses, the more that we talk about these things, the more success we're gonna have in the practice. But again, this was over 500 locations that they did the study and they weren't all saying the the perfect thing, but yet their patients were still spending more.
0: Wow. So, you know, I, it, then you see the data, you hear the numbers and you go, well, who am I missing? What what could I do different in my practice? And the way I look, like to look at it first is to look at, in in your experience and my experience, Amanda, what are some of the biggest barriers we've seen to fitting our presbyopic patients in multifocal lenses? So you go first.
1: So I think the biggest barrier for us has just been the fact that we can get so busy. You know, I'm seeing my patient. I know there's a patient next door. I know I'm running behind. You know, how much time is it going to take me to educate the patient, to explain their options, to fit the lenses, And if we're not willing to take that time, that's a huge miss for not only our patient, but the practice. If we just stick with the status quo and just say we're gonna keep you in the same lenses as last year or let them use glasses as a crutch, um, we have to take that little bit of time to make a big impact.
0: I agree. And I think one of the things when I look at my practice and my experience is if I am not consistent about offering a multifocal contact lens to every patient who would fit within the parameters, then that trips me up too because then i can't I, I can't pick and choose i don't I don't understand, and I get off my uh, norm. I think what's been really impactful for me in my practice is just consistently having that conversation with every single patient who fits within the parameters, yeah, so absolutely. What, uh, I guess, let's talk about, let's switch gears for a little bit because what we've done so far, Band, is we've really talked about how impactful multifocal contact lenses can be to our practice, to our presbyopic patients. Let's talk a little bit now about what Alcon can do to help uh, help us address this need for our patients.
1: So one of the things that I find most helpful with Alcon is that the fitting process is the same for all three of the lenses that I could choose to fit on my multifocal patients. And the reason why that's a big help for me is because it's streamlined. I can do it quick. I can do it efficiently. Um, I know it's something we'll talk about later on in a different podcast, but my staff knows exactly what's going to happen with these patients. So my big barrier of not wanting to spend the time uh, necessarily to have the conversation and do the fitting process is a lot easier because I have that same design that I can use on all of my patients.
0: So walk me through that design a little bit. What's unique about the Alcon multifocal contact lens?
1: So the design is great because it allows my patients to have seamless vision at all distances, near and far. The fitting process is, um, it's take my refraction, change the numbers a little bit. Um, and again, we have that fitting guide that I'm sure we'll go over at some point. Um, and it's, it's very, um, it's very predictable and what's going to happen with the patients and what the, the outcome is going to be. And I know exactly what to say to my patients to make sure that they can have success and do well during the next week while they adapt to it. Uh, and then when they come back and see me and want to order their year's supply.
0: Amanda, does Alcon have any tools available to help a practice know what the opportunity would be specifically for them?
1: They do. Um, there are a couple different ones and that's one of the things that's, that, you know, I'm lucky to have a fantastic, um, local rep, uh, that is always there to give me anything I need. So there is, uh, one, uh, box sale based, um, flyer that you can use. And then there's also another one that's based on your incremental revenue per patient. So it can kind of show you where your practice opportunity is, especially in a practice like mine where it's not just myself, but I have five other doctors, um, you really need to get your doctors on board with what your goals are, why you're doing what you're doing, and what impact it can be on um, their profitability as well as their patient satisfaction. So it's it's nice to have those worksheets that I can use.
0: So you mentioned your Alcon consultant or sales rep that you have in your area. What other opportunities or what other uh, options do they have that they can bring to the practice to help you as well?
1: So I think the first step would be to talk to your your. Local rep, and say, I really want to get on board with fitting multifocals, and let them bring the tools in that they have that you can bring into your office first. Uh, That way, they can help you see how to get your team on board, how to involve your front desk, your technicians, educate your doctors. That's kind of like the baby step. One of the things that I think is most impactful if a doctor really wants to just jump right in and really impact the practice is to ask for a multifocal roadshow. This is a training program that will actually happen in your office where they'll send in consultants, other doctors to help educate the docs at your office, how to fit the multifocal lens, as well as help to educate your staff about how to get on board. You know, you can have your office manager and your techs and all your doctors, your front staff, you can have whoever you want In this, uh, in this meeting where they'll help to get everybody on the same page so they'll know the impact that each one of them can have on the practice bringing things up at the front desk involving your technicians and you can even bring in your you know hardest to fit multifocal patients I feel like when when i participated in um, road shows as a consultant that's what that's what we usually see like go ahead try to try to get this patient happy in multifocals and and we can do it so uh, it's really beneficial and like I said it's important to get everybody on the same page if you really really want to change your practice and the way you do things. You know your outcome rep is really a great partner for you and they're not just trying to you know come in and have you buy more of their lenses. they're trying to make you successful because they know that if they can they can start that success in your practice, that's going to make you uh, fit more of the outcome products because you know that they work and you know that they're making a difference for you.
0: So, Amanda, before we uh, end for uh, this segment, I would love for you to tell everyone one of your awesome uh, success stories with Alcon's multifocal lens. You've got so many. I've heard them. They're amazing to the point where sometimes they make me cry. Maybe you shouldn't tell that one, but go ahead and tell us one that has been impactful to you and your practice.
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, I, I don't know what... What I've told before and what I haven't, um, my favorite is still the the patient that came in and I had just started asking every single patient if they'd ever considered wearing contacts. That was one of the things that we came in and told every technician, you know, we need to mention it to everyone so everyone's aware. And when I asked her if she had thought about multifocals, she kind of paused and she said, no, I wear I wear progressive glasses, so I can't wear contacts. And I said, well, you can. And, um, she paused and she said, you know, um, I was just talking to my husband the other night cause we're planning my daughter's wedding and we're trying to decide if, um, you know, if I want to look great in my pictures and not wear my glasses, or if I want to wear my glasses so I can actually see my daughter walk down the aisle. And, um, needless to say, I, my mouth, my jaw just dropped open, like, <gasps> you know, it, she's one of those people. If I wouldn't have mentioned it, she wouldn't have known. So, of course, we fit her. And she did amazing. And she brought in wedding pictures and showed everyone. And needless to say, uh, she's a happy multifocal fit.
0: I love it. And that's the one that always makes me cry. So you did it. <laughs> <laughs> So as we wrap up, I just want to thank Dr. Nanasi for her words of wisdom, from her personal experience and her practice. I mean, it's, it's such a difference when you hear about not only what you, ha- you can do and wh- how much we can learn from each other, but also to be able to make a difference in our patients' lives. That's what makes us wake up every day and go to work and, and want to do what we do, isn't it? It really is. So, thank you, Dr. Nanasi, and thank you to Alcon for sponsoring this podcast. We'll see you next time.